This episode of Every Podcast I Love is Dead is brought to you by Newsly. Stop scrolling and start listening. Download the Newsly app for iOS or Android and use the code EVERYPODCAST with a zero instead of an O to claim your one-month premium subscription. Now, on with the show. Welcome to this very special episode of Every Podcast I Love is Dead, dedicated to Taylor Hawkins. Breaking news, and it is shocking news for rock and roll fans. The sudden death of Taylor Hawkins. Well, the music world and rock fans today are mourning the shocking death of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. He was only 50 years old. And longtime drummer of the American rock band, the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins, has died at the age of 50. The Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will live on with all of us forever. Wake up, it's time. We need to find a better place to hide. To reports, Taylor's body was found Friday in his Columbia hotel room. The Foo Fighters were on a South American tour at the time of his passing. I need to know, I need to know tonight. I think because Dave was the drummer, and the drummer is like, as you say, ah, who cares about the drummer? You know, and that's the hot seat. And if the gig goes bad, it's the drummer's fault. Band's only as good as his drummer. Yeah, band's only as good as drummer and only as bad as their drummer as well. So like, so Dave, he's not a never a dick about it. Really, honestly, I can honestly say that he's never a dick about it. But um, it's intimidating. There's no question. When I joined the band, I was super intimidated because you know, I met Axl Rose the first time and he said, "What's it like being the drummer for the greatest drummer of the '90s?" I'm like, oh, hard. <laughs> Yeah. 
What is it about celebrities, athletes, and musicians that compels us so deeply, captures our attention, and forms genuine bonds and love with people we may have never met? When our favorite musicians die, especially too soon, it hits hard and often feels as awful as losing a best friend or family member. I love music. I mean, obsessively love music. You likely know that already. But it goes beyond the hooks, the lyrics, the album covers. I revere many musicians, not as false idols, but with the utmost respect for their talent and the musical gifts they've blessed us with. The Foo Fighters are arguably one of the biggest and most well-known bands on the planet. For those of us who grew up in the 90s, it was obvious who our generation's Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith was going to be. Now, 27 years after their debut album dropped, we continue to love their music, their energy, and their influence. Of course, Dave Grohl is a household name. It's likely that your parents and even your grandparents know the big lovable teddy bear who is like an uncontrolled firecracker when he hits the stage. The shocking early death of Kurt Cobain and the unceremonious end of Nirvana hit like a ton of bricks, with Dave getting hit the hardest. But what was tragedy spawned a glimmer of light, as just more than one year after Cobain's death, Grohl's new band, The Foo Fighters, released their debut self-titled album. Fans of Nirvana knew who Dave was, but he wasn't a household name beyond that. This really was a debut record from an unknown band. Dave wrote and recorded the whole thing himself, with William Goldsmith appearing in videos and live with the band on drums. Meanwhile in Canada, similarly with minor success in the early 90s, Ottawa-born singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette was preparing her comeback record, alt-rock-inspired Jagged Little Pill. Unbeknownst to Alanis, or the world at the time, Jagged Little Pill would go on to sell 33 million copies worldwide, earn Alanis a Grammy in 1996, and spawn a Tony-winning musical of the same name. As Canada's sweetheart was getting ready to take the show on the road, she needed a killer live band that would live up to the hype. Little did she know that Sylvia and Sass Jordan drummer Taylor Hawkins would not only be the absolute best touring drummer for her, but also go on to be one of the biggest names in music. I was lucky enough to get the gig playing with Alanis when I was, I don't know, 23 or something like that back in 1995. And um, I had met her manager, Scott, and she told yeah. me, he told me, I have this girl, that I'd man I'm managing this girl, and she's making this record, and 
And so I met her not far from here at the um, Pantages Theater where I was playing with another lady. But, um, and she said, I have this record and maybe, maybe you play drums. Maybe, you know, and that was it. And it was like three months went by and then I get a call. We're doing tryouts. I go and I try out and I got the gig. Thank you, Alanis. By 1996, the Foo Fighters were wasting no time following up their debut record with what would go on to be the band's fourth highest-selling album of all time, Grammy-nominated The Color and the Shape. But the recording process wasn't easy, with rumors of Grohl and drummer William Goldsmith having an ongoing disagreement. Ultimately, leading to Goldsmith's departure from the band and leaving Grohl to re-record much of the drums himself. Grohl made a Hail Mary pass, reaching out to Hawkins, who at the time was a musical acquaintance. There were small hopes Taylor would join the Foos, being that he was on tour with Alanis, who now was one of the biggest names in rock at the time, and much more well-known than the Foos. But to Dave's surprise, Taylor volunteered himself to join the band, desiring to play in a rock band rather than with a solo act. The Foo Fighters announced Taylor as their new drummer on March 18, 1997, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, James Brown. James Brown, I mean, come on. Taylor Hawkins is like the James Brown of the Foo Fighters. Because if anyone ever makes a mistake, he shoots up a glance. Oh, right? oh, yeah. In this band, if you, if you clam something, uh-huh. Hawkins will look at you like, rookie. Oliver Taylor Hawkins was born in Fort Worth, Texas on February 17, 1972. He and his family later relocated to Laguna Beach, California, and in 1990 he graduated from Laguna Beach High School. From a young age, Taylor knew he wanted to play drums in a huge rock band. I, I want to throw out a couple of band names to just have, give me what you think, uh, Queen. I mean, that's from Don't me. get him started. Yeah, that's a whole other 60 Please. minutes. <laughs> That's not, yeah, that's not 60 minutes, that's like 600 minutes. That was my first concert. I wanted to be Roger Taylor, and I wanted to be in Queen, and, you know, I wanted to play stadiums when I was 10 years old, there's no question. Although Queen's Roger Taylor and the police's Stuart Copeland were two of Taylor's biggest influences, he credits Rush's Neil Peart for getting him into Genesis, and for Phil Collins becoming another drumming icon. Taylor earned his dues playing in Orange County band Sylvia before joining up with British-Canadian singer Sass Jordan, which ultimately landed him with Alanis Morissette. By the time the Foo Fighters' third album, There's Nothing Left to Lose, dropped in 1999, it was clear that Taylor's presence in the band was being felt in such a huge way and that he had really become the soul of the band. And like many of his drumming influences, his impact was felt beyond the kit as he co-wrote some of the Foo's biggest hits including Learn to Fly, All My Life, Best of You, and even taking lead vocals on Sunday Rain and Cold Day in the Sun. Taylor's big, lovable personality took the Foo's to a new level, but also led him to one of his lowest lows in 2001 when he overdosed on heroin, leaving him in a coma for two weeks. 
When Taylor came out of his coma, all he could think about was how his overdose would be the end of the band. In 2018, Hawkins sat down with Beats 1 and spoke candidly about it, saying, Well, I was partying a lot. I wasn't like a junkie per se, but I was partying. There was a year where the partying just got to be a little too heavy. Thank God, on some level, this guy gave me the wrong line with the wrong thing one night, and I woke up going, what the fuck happened? That was a real life-changing point for me. Taylor's fears of the band ending were perpetuated as Dave Grohl went on to play drums with Queens of the Stone Age. Right then and there, Taylor made a conscientious effort to get clean, trading getting high for mountain biking and setting his life on a clearer trajectory. Any sort of outside physical activity is going to raise your sort of serotonin levels or whatever and make you feel good, you know? And there's been, you know, dark times in my life when I've just jumped on my bike and been gone for a whole day and kind of figured it out out in the hills. And it's good therapy. It really, I mean, it's, it changed my life. Taylor and his wife Allison got married in 2005 and had three children together. Life was good, and with the Foo Fighters, Taylor went on to record eight more albums with Medicine at Midnight being released last year. A swan song, which nobody realized at the time. The Foo Fighters aren't all that Taylor's known for the last 25 years. In 2006, Taylor formed the Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders Band, releasing three albums through 2019. While doing this, Taylor launched a hard rock-inspired side project called The Birds of Satan, releasing one self-titled album in 2014. surprise for any fan of Taylor and something I wasn't even aware of is that he recorded the drums for Coheed and Cambria's record Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow, or just No World for Tomorrow, which released in 2007 and met favorable critical acclaim, but most critics feeling it just didn't quite live up to its predecessor, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Branching off and taking lead wasn't unfamiliar territory for Hawkins. However, he made his Foo Fighters debut as vocalist with Cold Day in the Sun off the band's fifth studio album, In Your Honor, with Dave moving back behind the kit. Hawkins said the music for the song was actually written in 2001, with lyrics being penned the day before recording. Hawkins said about the song, To be honest, the lyrics suck. It's more about the melody. And Dave always said he liked it. And I was like, yeah, bull.
2017 on the Foo's ninth studio album, Concrete and Gold, Taylor took over lead man duties on Sunday Rain. A six-minute epic really infusing classic rock sounds and fitting nicely on one of the band's more experimental records, which showcased their diversity as songwriters and musicians.
Besides Taylor's expansive music career, he also dabbled in some acting gigs. In 2013, Hawkins portrayed Stooge's frontman and one of the godfathers of punk, Iggy Pop, in the movie CBGB. This was literally Taylor's 15 minutes of fame, as that was about as much screen time as he saw in the film. He continued to pursue more musical endeavors until the recent release of Studio 666, a fictional film starring all the Foo Fighters as they embark on the recording of their 10th studio album in a possessed Encino mansion. How's it going, bro? How's it sounding? It's good. I'm just cleaning up some tracks. Cool, man. I haven't seen you eat anything all day. You hungry? How about some grill action, dude? No. I ordered a shit of steaks earlier. The guy should be here any minute. Cool, man. I'll, I'll let you know when he's here. In 2021, Hawkins and Jane's Addiction members Dave Navarro and Chris Cheney formed a supergroup called NHC. They made their debut last September at Eddie Vedder's Ohana Festival. Their debut album is recorded and set for release this year. Sadly, posthumously. The Foos were in South America on tour and set to play in Bogota, Colombia on March 25th. Just hours before showtime, emergency services received a call from Hawkins who was experiencing chest pain in his hotel room. When EMS arrived, they found Hawkins unresponsive, and although they attempted CPR, Hawkins was declared dead at the scene. Just one hour before showtime, as fans were getting ready, Taylor's death was announced. So as most of you know this evening, the Foo Fighters had to cancel their headlining show. Some of you may not know that it's because their drummer, their drummer Taylor Hawkins just passed away. Festival organizers along with fans lit candles singing along to Foo Fighters music being played. At the hotel where Taylor was found, fans gathered and began a candlelight vigil. The death of Taylor would soon be felt worldwide. Announcing his death, the band said they were devastated and said Hawking's musical spirits and infectious laughter will live on with all of us forever. The marquee at the Roxy on the Sunset Strip tonight saying, goodbye, Taylor Hawkins, you are my hero. But this was the scene outside the hotel. You can see people holding up a sheet next to a forensic vehicle. The Foo Fighter drummer was, as you said, Michael, just 50 years old. Million miles away Your signal in the distance Taylor was a renaissance man of sorts, a very talented musician, songwriter, and even actor at times. 
his face and presence as impactful as Grohl's himself. Loved by everyone he met or entertained, a father and a husband, hero, role model, and rock and roll icon. I think Shinedown put it best in their social media post about Taylor's passing, saying, if you ever wondered the impact one human could make on an entire community, look at your timeline today. Since then, my social media hasn't slowed down. With tributes to Taylor continuing to pour in, and grief of his passing being very evident. Just six days before his passing, while performing in Argentina, Dave paid his final tribute to Hawkins before Taylor took the mic to famously cover one of his favorite bands, Queen, something fans might be familiar with if they've ever seen the Foos live. Hold on. There's one more person you can't forget. Ladies and gentlemen, You know, the best thing about Taylor Hawkins, he's the best fucking drummer in the world. We love him so much. But here's the thing. You, you haven't seen his pants yet. You want to see Taylor Hawkins' pants? Do you want to see his pants? Oh, he's on the big screen. And I mean big. Taylor, how about this? Taylor Hawkins, come down and sing a song you can see his pants. Come on, Taylor, come sing a song. Because that motherfucker can sing. And those pants make it sound better. Hi, Dave. Come here. I fucking love Dave Grohl, man. I'd be delivering pizzas if it wasn't for fucking Dave Grohl. I'd be managing the drum department at a guitar center if it wasn't for Dave Grohl. Do you guys want to hear Dave Grohl play the fucking drums?
Rest in peace, Taylor. You were gone, but certainly not forgotten. Your impact on music, your influence on young people learning to play the drums, and of course, your infectious personality is going to live on forever. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Every Podcast I Love Is Dead. You can find us online at everypodcastiloveisdead.com and like and follow us on social media. Be kind, be humble, and rock out like nobody's watching.